Hey friend, we've been working through the book of Ruth on this week of broadcasts, and Lord willing, if we stay on track, we just might make it on time, but a question that Naomi, the first character that we're really introduced to in the book of Ruth, Naomi may have asked a question that's reflected on the gospel tract I'm holding in my hand right now. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to turn to the book of Ruth. I think we'll find our place in chapter number four today, but Naomi may have asked this question in her own heart and mind. Does anyone care? That might be a question you're asking yourself today. Does anyone care? Does anyone care about me? Does anyone really care about my despair? What I'm going through, the turmoil I'm, I'm trudging through in my own life? The answer is a resounding yes. Someone does care. That someone is Jesus Christ. I'd love to introduce him to you through this gospel tract. It's called Does Anyone Care? You can find it completely free. We don't ask for your credit card information. We ship them to you for free as well. There's no shipping and handling charge. You can find it on our website, BibleTractsInc.org. That's BibleTractsInc.org. If you have any questions, please contact us through the Contact Us form on that website. We'd love to hear from you. If we can be a help to you, if we can encourage you, if we can send you some of this gospel tract called Does Anyone Care? We would love to do that today. Now, if you would find your place in the book of Ruth and chapter number four. Of course, through the book of Ruth, we've learned that not only has God brought us to where we are in purpose, and I gave a personal anecdotal illustration of my wife dealing with a severe health crisis, a tumor that was wrapped around her spine that reduced the use of her legs to effectively useless. We had a two-story home at the time. We found out at 11.48 p.m. on December 31st of 2018, found out that my wife had a tumor and also found out at basically the exact same time that she would have to have a major open spine surgery. That surgery, it was scheduled for January 1st, 2019, the very next day. All of this came to a head so very quickly, and through it all, God had brought us to where we were on purpose, but just like Naomi and just like Ruth, who were brought to where they were on purpose, even through the loss of loved ones and, and the pain and the grief, they were also blessed on purpose, just like we were. My wife went through that surgery. She is and was such a trooper, such a soldier, so strong. I don't know if I could have dealt with it. Realize she had the surgery four days after she had given birth to our second child. And then she goes from weeks in ICU. She goes to weeks, months in rehab, all of these things. And through it all, God blessed us on purpose. If you'll allow me, let's pick up the biblical account, the book of Ruth, in chapter number four. I realize that those of you that were with us yesterday were skipping over, to some degree, wide swaths of phenomenal scripture here in the book of Ruth, chapter number four. But there's a particular purpose for it. Let's look at Ruth, chapter four. In verse number one, then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, 
turn aside, sit down here, and he turned aside and sat down. I know this is coming at you quick, but let's give some context. Remember, Naomi, her husband, her two sons, they went to the country of Moab because of a famine in Bethlehem. They were there for 10 years, and during the which time, her two sons had taken wives of the Moabites, of two women, Orpah and Ruth. During that 10 years, her husband, Elimelech, her two sons died. Naomi's grieving. She starts to come back home, and she tells those two young ladies, Orpah and Ruth, go back to your people. Orpah does, but Ruth stays with her. And Ruth and Naomi come into the city of Bethlehem, this small town, and Naomi is grief-stricken. Ruth goes out to glean in the fields. She meets Boaz, and to some degree, there's almost a little bit of a love-at-first-sight situation. And Boaz is very kind to her. Through these things, it comes to light that Boaz has an opportunity to be what's called a kinsman redeemer. What that means is because Elimelech and his two sons had died, some someone was needed to help carry on the name of Elimelech, help carry on the genetics, help carry on the, the family line, if you will. And the only way for that were to happen, of course, Naomi being beyond childbearing years at this time, would be for a good man, a kinsman redeemer, to take Ruth as his wife and to carry on that line. But the issue was there was one man who was nearer kinsman, who was, if you will, he had right of first refusal. He was related in such a way that he would have the opportunity to turn down or accept that responsibility first before Boaz, but realize more tantalizing to this other gentleman was the fact that there was going to be a land sale involved. Now, understand the constraints of a, a radio program in these 15 minutes that we have together Monday through Friday. Don't allow me to fully explain how this works, but suffice it to say that this land sale was very enticing to this gentleman, and that's where we pick up Boaz, a shrewd businessman. Let's read verse number one together again. Then went Boaz up to the gate, that was the place of business, and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake, this nearer kinsman, the one that had the right of first refusal, he came by, unto whom he said, Boaz said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. These are going to be the witnesses, if you will. And he, Boaz, said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee and he, this nearer kinsman, the one that had the right of first refusal, his snap response. He was so taken with the idea of purchasing this land, probably effectively doubling his land holdings. What does he say? I will redeem it. I want it. I'll take it. Where do I sign? Let me, let's shake on it right now. Verse number five. Boaz lets the other shoe drop, as it were. Then said Boaz, this is chapter 4, verse number 5 of the book of Ruth. Then said Boaz, what day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi? Thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead. 
to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. Well, this is uh, some pretty bold, small print. This is a big situation. This addendum to the deal just might be a deal breaker. Verse number six. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself. He turns on a dime. Why though? Was he having second thoughts about the land? Was there, did he realize that he wasn't going to be able to handle the logistical challenges of, of harvesting two fields at the same time? It was going to be some situation where his business would not be able to handle it. The tax write-offs wouldn't be correct. What was the reason that he changed his mind so quickly and suspiciously after Ruth, the Moabitess? The outsider, the foreigner, the alien, the stranger was brought up. All of a sudden, he changed his mind. The kinsman said, verse 6, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Would you think about that for just a moment? Everything was, how do they say, uh, hunky-dory. Everything was peachy keen. Everything was A-OK, smooth sailing. He was very interested, as long as it was about the land. But all of a sudden, when Ruth's name was brought up, I wonder how quickly his expression changed, his countenance shifted. All of a sudden, uh, 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 I'm sorry, no, no, I can't redeem it. I might, what? I might mar mine own inheritance. That woman is more bitish. I can't marry her. I can't have half-breeds as children. I can't do it. I'm so very glad. Think about this for a moment. When God robed in human flesh, Jesus Christ, some 2,000 years ago, came down from his immaculate home in glory. When he came down to be belittled, and spit upon, and beat, and struck, and nailed to an old rugged cross, he was not doing it to pick out the best among us. I think sometimes we think of ourselves as a shiny new model. We think of ourselves, if if we're talking about a car lot, a, a new car dealership, we think we're the new model. We have all the options, the heated seats, the, the cooled seats, the, the heated uh, 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 steering wheel, the, the four-wheel drive, the extra horsepower in the engine, the, the sharp lines and everything. No, no, friend, can I tell you, we, we weren't even relegated. We weren't even part of the used car lot. Friend, humanity as a whole and you and me and all of us belonged more applicably in a junkyard and Jesus Christ wasn't coming down, kicking tires and picking out the most easy to save among us. He said, I'll buy them all. Not only has God brought you to where you are on purpose, he's blessed you on purpose, but my friend, he has also, get this if you will, he bought you on purpose. And aren't you so glad he did? Have you ever bought something and had buyer's remorse? Usually you don't have that feeling until as soon as the return policy expires. You know what I'm talking about? If the return policy is 30 days, you realize on day 31, right? Well, friend, God, Jesus Christ, even though the price he paid was so high and so steep and so painful, he has never regretted buying you 
even though we were strangers to the commonwealth of Israel, even though we had to be grafted in, even though you and I, the majority of us, could be considered Gentiles, even though we are no better than Ruth the Moabitess, as we talked about earlier in the week. He's not only brought us to where we are on purpose, he has blessed us on purpose. And most amazing of all, he's bought us on purpose purpose, warts and all. He wanted us. I'm so very glad that Jesus loves me. This I know. Would you please join me tomorrow for the last episode of this week of broadcasts? Have a great day for his glory. From all of us here at the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast, God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.